0: Attention, armchair quarterbacks and shower thought GMs. It's time for this week's episode of Sports
1: Ball with Mike Maharry and Alan Mosley. So did I or did I not call it that the we would all be discussing the new Dallas team as underwhelming? <laughs> you did, you called it. <laughs> I know. I just And you're right. <laughs> I just know Dallas for it, that's all there is to it.
0: You know there was some a lot of uh, strange synergy because the Tampa Bay team performed pretty much like you'd expect a Tampa Bay team.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of that, welcome back to Sports Ball for episode sixty-three. I am your host Alan Mosley, joined as always by now Tampa Bay Vipers super fan Mike Barry. <laughs> Mike, how are you doing?
0: Super! It's a beautiful day in northern Florida, seventy-six it's, degrees, man.
1: It's uh, well, we had. We had 73 and then flash floods and then snow and then back to 68 and then floods again. We're currently in flood 2. 0.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, this typical Tennessee winter.
1: Yeah. We oh, well, so the end of last week we had a tornado. That was cool. Fun. Yeah, we had we had snow nor, snow snow nados. Had snow nados. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that is pretty much typical Tennessee. winter. Uh, so, Mike, what do you remember from last week without really looking?
0: Well, I don't remember a lot from last. I mean, we're going to talk about the XFL. I don't want to get into that. But I remember that I was wrong about the Super Bowl. Apparently, defense doesn't win championships. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. Well, especially when your defense melts down in the last quarter.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and they did, but... I, you know we we kind of we kind of lost our, our Super Bowl redux episode from last week but all all I can say is is that with when it was 20 to 10 San Francisco either late in the third or early in the fourth that was the moment of the game when San Francisco won all their games they had been yeah. controlling the line of scrimmage they had been running the ball at this stage of the game you're either you're either continuing to do so and which means you're shaving the clock Maybe you put another score on the board and, and that's it. And if that's, and that had been what had happened, no one would have been surprised if I told you it was 20 to 10 San Francisco ball in the fourth quarter, you'd been like, well, this is what happens next because we have seen it over and over and over again. Um, That didn't happen. Lots of blame to go around. Uh, A lot of people gave uh, Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of grief and, and rightfully so he, he, failed to failed to hit a, a lot of throws, especially late in the game. I think he, mm-hmm. he finished something like one of nine over his last 10 throw. I mean, yeah, it, it was he bad. was not
0: good in the last second half at not all. Not
1: Good in the second half. Although if, if I mean his, mm-hmm. his performance speaks for itself, but if you're the coach of the team, now keep in mind, this is the same Shanahan that had the 28 to three lead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta versus new England. And and that, and he's had to live with that the last few years. Um, and but yet we again find him in a position where he has not as big of a lead, but for 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 as ugly as the first half of that game was, that's a commanding lead. I mean, yeah. If this were old school football where people didn't score in thirty seconds, twenty to ten in the fourth quarter, you feel like you're going to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, Mahomes looked rattled in the first half.
1: Yes, he did. Mahomes definitely didn't look a hundred percent, and I think that was more mental than.
0: Yeah, uh, I think there was a point where he looked up and thought. I'm not playing very good. In, yeah. I mean, he played good. Yeah. I think the turning point was that third and 15. Yes. I mean, if you're a great defense, you do not let a team make a first down on third and 15 yeah. late in the game like that.
1: But, to, I mean, I hate to I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, it starts and stops with the head guy. And Shanahan yeah. rightfully deserves most slash all of the blame. So, I mean, he's, he's the guru. He's the guy running the offense. He's the guy calling the plays for the 49ers. And, and I mean, to his credit, he put, I mean, if, if you're going to give him the credit and the blame, then the credit is you're in the fourth quarter with a 10 point lead. And so that goes to him. Uh, but also vice versa. I mean, over the last two or three drives, the 49ers had when you definitely had a feeling that Kansas city was coming on, but they had not quite taken control of the game yet. Uh, the 49ers, uh, elected to throw the ball a lot. when yeah. Garoppolo was clearly struggling. Um, and, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. If you're in the Super Bowl and you call a pass play, you want your quarterback to complete a pass. I mean, that's his job. But as a coach, you have to see where guys are struggling. You have to, you have to stay with the hot hands. And you, you, have to, you have to make the game manageable because at the end of the day, you're the one calling the shots. Um, I think if the 49ers had gone 100% conservative and had done nothing but run and punt, Kansas City probably still would have had enough time to take the lead. But yeah. it, it would have been a lot closer, I'll tell you that. I mean, the 49ers absolutely could have run another three or four minutes, full minutes off the clock, um, and the game would have been definitely shortened. Now, that's not to say Kansas City still doesn't win, but that's also not to say that, uh, I mean, the 49ers had a couple of drives in the fourth quarter where they went three and out, but they went yeah. rush, pass, pass, punt. Even well, yeah, if they- I was
0: thinking. Uh, There, in particular, after San Francisco scored to pull within, I think it was three. uh, You know, you thought, okay, so San Francisco, you know, if they can grind the ball a little bit, run some clock, they've still got a shot. You, you you felt the momentum had shifted to Kansas City, and that, in particular, was one of those three and outs. They ran the ball on first down, picked up four or five yards. You know, second down, tried to throw an incomplete pass. Then your, you know, your third medium. Ah uh, can't get the job done, and you're three and out, and then you're giving a, a team with offensive momentum the ball back, uh, having you know the defense just rested maybe a t- two or three minutes. So, yeah. and that was the kind of the point. And I turned and looked at my wife and said, "This this game's over. San Francisco's going to lose."
1: Yeah. So. Well, you know, something that I've said many times in the past is that if you're, if if you know if if you have some if you have something in the bag, if you have some kind of trickery or uh, a new look you haven't shown in the past, or whatever you know, like what 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 time are you waiting for, other than <laughs> right. like, the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl? So again, I just I, I have to really I have to give a, I have to give a lot of hate to Shanahan because again, you could just run the ball to run maximum time off the clock. Yeah, maybe they probably still lose. Although, I mean, they again they had a couple of possessions where they run the ball for three or four, which is a solid run. And then it's mm-hmm. pass, pass, punt because there's a bunch of incompletions. You're stopping the clock. You're yeah. gaining no yards. What's to say they could not have run on second down and make it third and four, three or four or five? What's to say, or even third and two? You know, you don't break a tackle. And, I mean, I mean, they were at a stage of the game even when it was just a three point game, a one possession game they were still at a point where you could conceivably pick up to a couple of first downs and conceivably. And sure. I mean, it was it's right. in the realm of possibility, even though your defense is reeling, even though Jimmy G is struggling, you could still pick up a couple of first downs and effectively in the game, even if you run after. And yeah. n- not only did they not really show that, not only did they abandon the running game, but they also, they, they didn't really show a lot of a at, I mean, again, yeah. if, it, it's it's like pick one. Either either run the ball to try to regain control of the clock or run a little bit more imaginative offense. Like if you if you yeah. had a reverse, if you had a throwback to the flea flick or a flea flicker, a throwback to the QB, if sure. you if you you know, if you if you had anything, if you were if you were gonna run a screen, the 49ers weren't really a big screen team, but if you had anything you hadn't showed opposing offenses or defenses on tape, now's the time. And this is now our second opportunity on the biggest of stages that shanahan was kind of left like with well i've played all my cards if we don't win oh like that's yeah. the one position the head coach can never be in is deer in the headlights what do we do now the head coach can't yeah. be there it's not possible
0: no i felt like that the stage got a little bit too big and yeah. and I really you know where where that really hit where I really thought oh we he, this is a problem was uh, the clock management at, at the end of the first half it's like what what are you doing they actually went to a you, know, you probably remember they went to a shot and John Lynch is like call him timeout call they let like a minute run off the clock yes uh, and, and instead of instead of pushing the ball down you know I mean, you you defer that kickoff because the stats tell you that you know, you're going to get that extra possession and then you get the ball again in the first, uh, in the beginning of the second half. So you, you kind of get a, you know, opportunity to score coming in and coming out and, and they just kind of squandered that goofing around and they almost scored anyway. I mean, Kittle made that big, uh, big catch and, uh, you know, they were down there close to field goal range, but whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: I was disappointed.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was disappointing. I mean, it's, you, I mean, you know, yes, it's true that the that the defense kind of flamed out at the end, but I mean, considering who they were up against and considering the amount of points that KC had poured on the last over their last mm-hmm. few opponents, and, and all of them come from behind type of scenarios, I mean, for you to have held them to 10 points going into the fourth, like, you kind of have to feel like the defense did their job. Like, yeah, like, yeah maybe KC scores two or three quick ones to end the game because you're out of gas, but... Your offense has, I mean, you, the offense didn't have to keep up for four quarters. They just had to keep up for right. like 10 minutes, and they couldn't do it. Right. That's all that. that's all. Is that's what it boils down to. They couldn't. They didn't even yeah. have to keep up. They just had to gain a couple more first. Like, let's be serious. A couple of first downs between six, eight minutes left on the clock, and the game is probably over. They couldn't yeah. do it, period. Yep. So the NFL's over. That means we're done with football, right? Yeah, but we got football yesterday. On we Saturday. got football yesterday. It's time for the, it's XFL 2.0. And, yeah. and we had discussed doing an episode where we talked about the the kind of the rule changes, kind of just differences mm-hmm. with the league in general. And we and we just sort of kind of didn't really get around to it. Um, but now we have to because the XFL debuted and, and by all metrics, it was a successful debut.
0: Yeah, I watched a little bit.
1: <laughs> and that's that's how you know. That's how you know that it was a successful debut. Mike Meharry watched a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah, And 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 my wife watched a little bit and we both. Found it an enjoyable afternoon of football. Well, you- it looked like football. That's you know I texted that to you in, in the yes you did like very very soon after I started watching the first game. The first game I watched was the uh, Tampa Bay New York game and yeah, you know I told you it looks like mm-hmm. football and you know it, it wasn't gimmicky like the first version of XFL which was kind of silly. Um, I liked it. It was a, it was a good product. I enjoyed it. We'll we'll get into some of the reasons I, I imagine here as we look at the.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I want to start off, uh, before we before we get to the rules, I just want to start off with um, a lot of the hype that I heard going into the, the start of the new XFL season was the, the team from Dallas. The team from Dallas, yeah. Dallas Bob Renegades. Stoops. Bob Stoops, the return of Coach Bob Stoops to football. Yeah. Um, so they've got the hot name. Um, a lot of people, a lot of quote-unquote experts believe that the Dallas team drafted the finer talent going into the inaugural mm-hmm. season. And so you're thinking best coaching staff plus best overall NFL retread slash college talent equals Dallas is running away with the league. Well, unfortunately, Dallas' run and an undefeated season ends in week <laughs> one. So that's all I have to say. When you're nine and a nine-and-a-half-point favorites and you don't even score nine-and-a-half points— <laughs> You're the Dallas Renegades, so oh, there's that's a yikes. There's, there's crying Jordan face right there It's for
0: almost you. like a, it's almost like a, a Libertarian Party team of the week.
1: They they really sort are. of they really are. They're the LP team of the week and and cowardly coaches um i i want to say I, I will get into this a little bit later but since i mentioned it i'll say this really quick um because of the changes in rules and we'll get into this in the very next segment uh a lot a lot of fourth down attempts a lot of teams mm-hmm. going for fourth downs because it just doesn't make a ton of sense to punt and all weekend long from every single clubs except for one you saw a lot of fourth down attempts yeah the Dallas Renegades on their very first drive at home, after having picked up a couple of first downs, they get a fourth and I mean, it's an inch like I'm pretty sure like I feel like they probably should have measured it because it looks like they may have already had the first down, but they didn't measure it uh, at, at most. It's literally fourth down in an inch.
0: I'm pretty sure I heard your head explode when this happened.
1: And they punt. That is that yes. is legendary coach Bob Stoops being a cowardly coach on the first drive of the inaugural game. Cowardly coach and, coaching cowardly. And
0: I'll tell you something, audience, if you didn't recognize this. If you want to enrage Alan Mosley, fail to go for it on fourth down and short. I mean, it's just. Y- it creates rage.
1: It, it, does, it does. It does create rage. But I mean, by by any by any metric, by any. Me- First of all, if you do a QB sneak, I mean, and I, and I don't mean any any cute little fake handoffs or lining up in the shotgun. I mean, just right. a direct snap under center surge like you're the you're guaranteed to pick up at least a couple of feet on something like ninety eight point six percent of attempts. So if it's, if you know that it's under a yard and you punt, you should not be coaching. I mean, it's just, you just, you don't know the metrics. You don't, you don't know what you ought to know in your position, period. Yep. So anyway, with that said, I'm going to pull up, we're going to, we're going to look at the page here from the XFL. So Anyone who wants to follow along with us, it's really easy. It's just XFL.com slash rules, but that's what we're going to be looking at here, uh, so they, they kind of broke they have they have this broken down into gameplay innovations, timing changes, and common sense rules. Imagine that, Mike Maharry. They do common sense things <laughs> to make the game better. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're gonna start off with gameplay innovations, the kickoff. Now, it's yeah. it sounds weird to to hear it described, but we've we got to see it in action this past weekend. The kicker kicks from the 30 yard line. He must kick the ball in the air and in play between the opponent's 20 yard line and the end zone. The coverage team lines up on the return side 35, and the return team lines up on the 30-yard line. Each team must have exactly three players outside the hash marks on both sides of the ball. They cannot move until the ball is caught by the returner. So basically, you're creating a wall. Both teams yep. are creating a wall on either side. Uh, the only person not on the wall for the kicking team is the kicker. The only, only, the only yep. for the other team, the kick returner. Uh, the ball has to, if, if it's an out of bounds or falls short of the 20, this is an illegal procedure. Just like, I mean, in the NFL, you kick it out of the bounds, that's an illegal procedure. Right. It, the ball goes to the kicking team's 45. So it's a mega yikes if the kicker can't kick mm-hmm. the ball straight and down the field. Uh, players can move when the ball is touched by the returner or three seconds after the ball touches the ground. Uh, if the ball is kicked in the end zone and it is down, it is a major touchback, which means the ball yep. comes to the 35 yard line. If it bounces into the end zone or is down, then it's to the 15 yard line. So the point being is, is they're really trying to get teams to kick the ball in the field of play, but to the other end of the field, but in the field of play. None of this touchback on every play type stuff. If you, if you want to take the risk of good return men out of the game by kicking it out of the back of the end zone, then you're going to give them an average starting field position of the 35 every time, which is pretty dang good for the offense. Yep. On the other hand, if you, if, you, if you play a little bit too fast and loose with, with chip shot or, or squib type kicks, then you're going to get an illegal procedure. And then all of a sudden they're on your 45. So what do you think yeah. about that rule?
0: I like the rule a lot for a couple of reasons. The first thing, and if you watch any of these games, you noticed it right off. You actually had kick returns. Yes. That were interesting to watch. And it almost completely eliminated – Almost, it seems like every time you get a big kickoff return play in NFL and you're holding your breath because you know there's going to be a flag for a block in the back mm-hmm. or a hold. Sure. and this lineup eliminates that you know you don't have guys hurtling 40 yards apart at each other yep. I, I think there's a there's obviously there's a player safety issue here which is a good thing mm-hmm. uh, but it just makes for a more interesting uh, kickoff without taking the kickoff out of the game you're making the player safer and you're actually making a kick return you know make kick returns great again yep. uh, i really like this rule a lot
1: yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, I was someone who was a very vocal opponent of them uh, tweaking the kickoff rules in the NFL because I, I I don't want to remove the kick returner from the game. Um, but I also understand we live in a time where there's a big outcry for player safety. I mean, you. If sure. if if the audience, if the public at large decides they don't they're not going to support a league where everyone has jelly for brains, then you got to make changes. The XFL, right. I really feel like they're having their cake and eating it, too. I mean, I mm-hmm. think they nailed it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: Point after touchdown. So you can go for a, there's no extra point kicks. There's none of this nope. will move the kick back to make it more challenging nonsense. Or you have to declare for a two point. No, so which effectively ruins trick plays in the nfl those are gone it's there's no there's no extra point kicks it's just Mm -hmm. you can go from the one for two points uh or excuse me you can go from the two yard line for one point there's your extra point you can go from the five yard line for a two-point conversion or Mm -hmm. you can elect to go one play from the 10 yard line for three points which means Mm. Uh, we didn't see a lot of that in yesterday's games, teams who are scoring early or often typically are not trying to pour on nine point plays. Um, but it, it opens the door for potential comebacks because Mm -hmm. nine points is theoretically a single possession. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I like that too. I think a little bit, you know, watching the first games, I think there was a little bit of old school, you know, coaches are still doing old school math.
1: Yes. Yes, they (laughs) are. You know,
0: they're not. I don't think, you know, maybe as the game goes on and as the league evolves, you'll see more risk taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly they did go for one. I saw a couple of two point tries. I didn't see any threes. Yeah. Um, but you know, it did seem like they were kind of kind of doing the math as, oh, seven point, you know. Yeah. But um I, I like the concept and I like the options. And I think when you get in a tight game or you have a team making a comeback, you're gonna see a little bit more of that risk taking on those on those plays and You know, and two, you have to realize too that you know this was a pretty fast uh, windup for these for these guys. They didn't have a preseason, you know, first game. Uh, From what I understand, there wasn't even a lot of uh, contact practice. No, so. You know, you're going to see, I think, more intricate plays, more use of the of the rule variations as the league
1: goes forward. I hope so. Anyway, well, I was going to I was going to wait for for those type of impressions later. But since you brought that up, it's it's worth mentioning. I know. Well, we don't people think we plan this. We don't we don't plan this. There's no plan here. So it's it's definitely worth mentioning that the product looked pretty dang i mean it looked like professional football and these mm-hmm. guys these guys have only been on teams with one another practicing for like 10 weeks or something ridiculous pretty yeah. pretty dang good pretty dang good considering the 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 time um It being the inaugural, you know, you're going to have some hiccups and it being a new game. So, you know, even though even though it's its own league, every player in this league is not a veteran of the XFL. They're veterans of the NFL or college. So they're they're adapting to the new rules, just like the audience is. Uh, So that's definitely interesting. Uh, I liked it. I liked all that, too. Uh, So punting, punting team cannot release past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. So, your gunners can, so you can have gunners, and they can move side to side if they want, but you cannot run your gunners down the field. You cannot basically go into coverage until the ball is kicked. Um, the defenders over the gunner can't cross the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. Uh, and same thing, if the ball goes out of bounds inside the 35-yard line, it is a major touchback. The ball goes to the 35. Mm-hmm. If the ball lands in the opponent's end zone or goes out of the end zone to the 35, uh, fair catches are permitted. Uh, so that that's really the only big changes with the punt. So again, it's really trying to incentivize punters. If you're a good punter and you can down the ball, you know it you know if you can down the ball inbounds deep towards the end zone then you're certainly can make the attempt but failing to do so can backfire and vice yeah. versa um you, they want the punt returner to return the ball you know they don't want a lot of fa- they don't want a lot of fair catches if you if you fair catch then you're gonna get the ball right there if you right. if you let the ball bounce obviously you're running the risk of where it's going to go if you take mm-hmm. if you actually receive it and take off then you're 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 gonna at least get the yardage you get as opposed to, um, potentially, you know, potentially having it down versus the major touchback. So all in mm-hmm. all, they're again they're trying to lower the super high impact gunner type collisions while also definitely making it a very feast or famine decision to return punts. Yeah,
0: and again, I like the I like the change. I didn't feel this change as much in the games. Uh, there actually were a couple of, of really good plays where the punter was able to pin the opponent deep. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I like the, the effort to, you know, create the play, allow Mm -hmm. the players to play the game, incentivize them to, you know, touch the ball and go with it. I, 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 I just, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like
1: it. So so all in all so far, I mean, none of the changes you would say turned you off from the game. All, oh, All of them not. turned you on to the game. Yeah. Now, we're going to – this is the last one in this section that uh, we didn't really get to see. The double forward no. pass. Now, it's a little bit deceptive because – it, you the only way you can complete a double forward pass is if the first forward pass is still behind the line of scrimmage. Right now, obviously, if the pass is sideways or behind, that's a lateral, and so it's not a forward right. pass. So you can do that in the NFL. You can pitch the ball forward, but they still have to remain behind the line of scrimmage uh, in order to attempt a double forward pass. So I mean, so it, it's not like they can throw it to the five and then throw it to the fifty. You know, it's it's not quite like that um i mean that would definitely that would probably make it a bit too yikes because basically at that point you're playing basketball right you're just moving the ball down the court um but we didn't see this attempted and i i mean it's definitely one of those things where you feel like you feel like it's a matter of time right like again everyone's kind of being a little bit conservative because everything's new but you know it's just a matter of time that someone someone has that in their playbook and they're gonna they're gonna pull it out when everyone thinks that that's not what's coming
0: yeah, the Tampa Bay Vipers had the perfect opportunity because they've got they had two guys on the field in Flowers and Murray that can both throw the ball. Yeah, but we we can talk about the uh, coaching debacle <laughs> yes. that was the Tampa Bay yes. Vipers uh, if we want to. But, the the last
1: um, the last one that we didn't get to see is the overtime rules. None none of the games yeah. were were so close late in the fourth to, no. to even warrant this, but the the overtime rules. So so in short, it's it's a five round shootout a la. Uh, hockey or soccer but you're it's it's more it's more akin to the college game so you're you're going to start each possession starts at the opponent's five yard line you have one play to score so in college you there's no kicking you just start with the ball but you're starting at the ball at like the 25 and then you just run your offense in this case you're starting at the five but it's fourth down so it's it's effectively fourth and goal at the five Um, and, and there's going to be five rounds. So the five rounds will continue either until all the rounds are done or, you know, one team has been mathematically eliminated Mm -hmm. because they've, they've failed to score too much. Uh, so what do you think about football shootouts?
0: I think it's an interesting concept. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing that I think is the farthest to field from what we would call traditional football. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me. I, you know, it's. am like, oh, that's horrible. I don't like the NFL rule. So yeah. you know, I, I, I think that this is. I think it's going to be more exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, what does this fix? It, it fix. It fixes sudden death. You know, mm-hmm. there's no. I, I won the coin, coin toss, therefore I'm going to win exactly. the game now. Um, it all. It also. It also fixes. Uh, over. It all. And there's no ties. It fixes ties. So there's no both teams right. kicked field goals or failed to score therefore it's a tie. So there's no ties, there's no coin toss equals victory. But it also removes the opportunity from for instance the college game where there's 10 overtimes because they scored the same amount of points over right. and over and over or they're only kicking yeah. field goals because it's a defensive game. So 9 right. field goals later we're going into quintuple overtime whatever. So it keeps the so in we'll and we'll get to the gameplay uh, the timing rules here in a second but they want right, they, they want the pace to be high they want the games to fit in their time imagine that they want if there's a three hour time slot they want the game to be over. In three yeah. in three hours, there's none of this. Um, we we're going to delay the second game for thirty minutes because we're late in the fourth and we're calling timeouts. Right. Those days are over. And even if it goes yeah. to overtime, man, running play after play after play at the five yard line, you're going to have a winner in about five or ten minutes. You really <laughs> yes, are. For sure. So yeah. I I mean I I agree with you that I feel like we kind of need to see it play out and we haven't yet. But it, but we, I get it. I get exactly why they're doing it.
0: And it and it definitely fits within the the kind of dynamic and the, the framework that the XFL is trying to create. Yeah. It's, it definitely fits in into the game that they're, that they're making. And, you know, I like the fact that they're being innovative, but at the end of the day, it's, still looks like football yeah so so it, i think they have did a good job of, of kind of walking that line to be honest with you
1: so so we'll we'll run through the in, in our in our own changes to gameplay and pace to make it go faster we're going to do the same thing in the five timing changes uh 25 second play clock what do you think about 25 second play clock love it the pace was great and there was ba- and there was next to no delay of games it's all yeah, it's, I really liked it. Yeah. And a lot of people have pointed out and accurately so that that this rule is easier for the XFL to do than college or pro because they allow a lot more players with microphones in their helmets. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a, which
0: I think is a good thing. The communication better. You have a little bit less of this. People run around going, oh, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, Nobody I want
1: to watch that. So so I agreed with Troy Aikman. Uh, Troy Aikman was interviewed during the Renegades game, and he said the same thing, that he would actually be perfectly fine with seeing all players in, in any football contest having the the headsets yeah. in their helmets, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it makes a faster gameplay easier because there's less communications issues. Um right. But but also B. I mean, look, Aikman was a quarterback, and generally speaking, you know how you have your retired offensive players tend to kind of be ho hum on changes that help defense yeah. and vice versa. He was actually he's fine with all offensive and defensive players having it because he just thinks the game's better. Just period.
0: Yeah, I think he got a phone call from Goodell after. Yeah, that I know interview. he's he's done. <laughs> he's
1: done. Uh, the comeback period. So after the two minute warning in each half, uh, on a play that ends in the field of play, the game clock stops. The game clock stops until the ball has been started, started and then five seconds run off the play clock. So the play clock has a runoff of seconds so that the other team doesn't get the benefit of too much time to set up right. their next play. So you do have to hurry, but you don't have to worry, you know, you don't have to worry about a lot of spiking, running for out of bounds. You can play the middle of the field. you can you can elect to do draws, do more running. So you have your whole offense at your disposal and the play, if as long as you end in the field of play, the game clock is going to at least stop until they spot the ball. Mm-hmm. um i mean this definitely sort of kind of pseudo hurts defenses and helps offenses but i'm i'm willing i'm willing to let defense take one on the chin here because again the pace of play is just fantastic yeah
0: and we saw this in operation it wouldn't it wasn't really close at the end of the dallas st louis game but they <clears throat> i guess it was the end of the first half where you kind of saw the 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 two minute thing play out and i mm-hmm. liked it it felt uh it felt it felt good. It was interesting to watch. It changed the offensive dynamic a little bit uh, in a way that it, it kind of sped up the game, even though in a sense it's slowing down the game, if that
1: makes yeah. any sense. Well, and also, too, you think of the the end of the first half. Of course, at the end of the first half, the game won't the game won't end at, at all knots. So you want to score right. points no matter which yeah. whether you're winning or losing. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was the Vipers. I think it was the Tampa Bay, New York game where. At the 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 in the in the two minute warning of the first half, there was four possessions. Each team got the ball twice in those yeah. last two minutes because both yeah. teams are trying to hurry up. Both teams want to score points, and the clock is stopping. But it but it didn't yeah. it didn't mean that we had another twenty minutes of TV because of four possessions. Those four possessions yeah. came and went. I mean, in damn near two minutes. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So again, I think, uh, I, it, I you know, it definitely is pro offense and anti defense, but. Uh, the other side of that coin is, is that, like I said, with the first half, I mean, your your offense should be taking advantage of it as well. Right. Sure. Uh, Up tempo game clock outside of the last two minutes. If a play ends out of bounds or an incompletion, the game clock will be stopped until the ball is spotted. But then it will run. Uh, Aside from incompletions and out-of-bounds plays, the game clock rules outside of the last two minutes of each half are the same as the NFL. So basically what that means, effectively speaking, is that outside of the two-minute warning, it's not exactly like hockey or soccer, but it's much closer in the sense of Mm -hmm. you, you have more of a regular running game clock throughout the game.
0: And again, that just it's making the game predictable in terms of its length.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, yes. I didn't,
0: I didn't feel that, uh, you know, as a spectator, it didn't, it didn't make an impression on me one way or the other. Uh, other than the entire pacing of the game was faster. I, I felt like that was more of, of a function of the quicker game, you know, quicker mm-hmm. play clock. But um, I, overall, the pace of the game was really, really nice. It was, it yeah. was enjoyable to watch, and you didn't have this, you know, this that Just, oh, this is forever. I, I liked it. Yeah. I like the, the, the those clock innovations a lot.
1: Yeah, this next one, people may have noticed that we're watching at home. You know how they have those little dots or ticks underneath the, the team's logo so you know how many timeouts mm-hmm. are left? You may have only yeah. seen two. It's because yeah. each team only has two one minute timeout per half. Yep, They're, the timeouts are only one minutes. So you only get two. Sometimes they don't even go to commercial because it's just boom boom, or we're we're back yep. to the field of play. Um, and other times, I mean, what you get one commercial and you're back you're back on the field again. Right. I mean, just it's I mean the the game and the studio, the whole production of the contest on your television screen. I mean, it's just rolling. Yeah, uh, and again, I mean the the rationale was is that with with all the changes to the last two minutes, um, you shouldn't need to be sandbagging a bunch of timeouts because you're stop yep. you're able to stop the clock when you need to. Outside of two minutes, why are you stopping the clock? You got to play the game right and so i i mean it and so it's kind of like you're again i i really feel like they did a good job of having their cake and eating it too yeah uh, mm-hmm. you you get a lot of stoppages in the last two minutes for comebacks or for extra scores before the half but vice versa outside of those two minutes the onus is you, you got to have your team prepared right because they got to go play yep. 25 seconds yep. play 25 seconds play yep so i love it we're going to move on to the replay rules. That To me, this might have been the highlight of the weekend.
0: Yeah, this is the game changer.
1: Now, I, I'm not going to read the whole big smorgasbord of rules. That it, To put it simply, um, more things are reviewable than the NFL allows to be reviewable. Mm-hmm. Um, the reviews can still be initiated from the booth. You have yeah. a dedicated replay official who is in the booth at every single stadium on on yep. site. His only job is to rule on the replays. And man, the production— they actually put oh, awesome. they put they put the viewer in the replay booth. You're sitting there over the shoulder of the replay official, and you can hear the radio of him talking to the head referee on the field. The head yeah. referee says, This is what we're looking at. He looks at the play. They determine if a change needs to be made. If it stands, it stands. If a change needs to be made, it's instantly, okay, we're making a change. Where does the ball go? What's the down and distance? Where are we at? he the the review guy immediately rolls the tape back gets the yardage re- radios it in so not only is there 100% transparency of the game there's yeah. much and not only by the way did they by far and away they got the calls right imagine that Yeah. imagine that <laughs> it, was a, it was weird it was weird they get the calls right we all get to see it in action and then on top of all that and and, and like i could speak for the i know what roger goodell would say Roger Goodell would say the reason why you're not in the replay booth and the reason why we don't review everything and get them all right is because people don't want to wait 20 minutes for officials to decide what's right. You know what, man? Those replays were done in like 60 seconds yesterday. They yeah. were killing and I'll it.
0: tell you what. I don't know about how it felt in the stadium, but from our perspective as a TV viewer— mm-hmm being able to watch that process and and they they talk it out if you didn't see the yep. game you have to watch this because they talk it out they he'll look at it and he, he explains what he's seeing he he interprets the rule you hear exactly the thought process that that replay official is going through and that made to me was some of the most interesting television really in the whole in the whole game because I'm like oh okay and there's no question about what they're you know and, and you can see I remember one one play in particular it was a uh, uh, it was a fumble and fumble and then a score, if I remember correctly. And yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't. A, yeah, it was a catch, fumble, score. And so they had to look at the catch and they had to look at if he would made a football play. And you hear him saying, oh, man, that's close. But, you know, there's not enough to overturn it. You could see that process. It, it was really, really good. I, yeah. They need to do that in NFL yesterday.
1: I, I agree so we're gonna get to some five common sense rules where the xFL again kind of differentiates itself from the NFL you'll see you'll see a little bit of NFL you'll see a little bit of college in here mm-hmm. starting off with uh catch rule one foot inbounds so college rule what do you think
0: I, I'm good with it I mean I can I can go with it either way yeah uh, I a little mean, bit of an advantage to the offense but
1: yeah I mean again a, a lot of in general, the rules favor the offenses more than the defenses, and they've been pretty unapologetic in saying they want to have exciting, well-scoring. Right. I mean, unless you're the Dallas Renegades, they're exciting, <laughs> right. high-scoring games. Um, but you know what? It's the college rule. That's not going to be foreign to anyone. I- I'm fine, right? You know, yeah, I was fine. And at the end of the day, they just simplified the catch rule because I mean, the NFL, How can you how can you possibly get wrong what is and isn't a catch? The NFL figured out a way. Uh, And the XFL doesn't do that. Dedicated ball spotting official. So not only do you have your dedicated replay official, you have an extra official on the field who doesn't throw flags. Their only job is to walk around with a sack of footballs and, and and spot the ball after every play so that you can have a 25-second play, play clock so that you can keep the pace high. There's none of this uh, referees are at the edges of the field, run in, throw the ball to the other guy, he puts his foot down. There is a, a ref that's in the backfield whose only job is to spot the ball. I, I don't see why having extra of, officials getting things right could possibly be a bad thing. No.
0: And I like the red hat. You know, you yeah. see them right out there with their red. Hat. Yeah, I like that too. I like that a lot. I, like you said, how can you go wrong? We've got we've got one more person that can get things right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Coach to player communications. We already talked about that. So there's so basically skill position players and your defensive backfield. They've all got their headsets. Um. I, so I mean, I'm with Aikman. Just give it to all eleven. I don't. Yeah, go I'm, for I'm it. I'm good with that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm good with that. Simplified illegal man downfield. So this is a little bit more uh, esoteric. An eligible player downfield shall be or have been more than three yards beyond the line of scrimmage until a passer throws a legal forward pass. So in the NFL, it's it's one yard. So basically they only yeah. they only make it yard because they just it's just kind of like extra room for the referee to see the line of scrimmage. I mean, basically, right. if you go much more than a step beyond the line of scrimmage, you're gonna get hit with a legal man downfield in the NFL. Mm-hmm. In the XFL, you get three yards. Now, for one it makes it easier to tell right like if they're way downfield yeah. it's illegal man right. if they're within the realm of the of the line of scrimmage they don't call it so it's so and yeah. you may have noticed this just in general for a brand new league and a bunch of players learning new rules there was very few penalties yesterday no not work. a lot of penalties there were some replays the replays by the way are reviews the reviews by the yeah. way were all excellent um, they got them right, but I mean, there was maybe one or two iffy calls. But
0: I saw one that I didn't like. But yeah. you can understand that in the in the speed of the game, it was an it was an unnecessary roughness call on a on a hit. Yeah, and it kind of looked like in full speed that there might have been a little bit of helmet involved. It was shoulder to shoulder and slow. I, but you know, you can you can let that go. It's it's a difficult call to make on on the
1: on the fly. So
0: that's really the only play that I saw that it was like, Ooh, I don't like that call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm right there with you. And and then finally the last one, and then we're going to, we're going to get solemn shorter halftime Halftime's only 10 minutes, 10 minute halftime. It was enough time for me to pop some popcorn and go to the bathroom.
0: So I was good with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm good with it too. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they really went all out to make it to give themselves as much, room as possible to make sure that whether teams or whether there is penalties, whether teams are using all their timeouts, whether there is overtime by God, this game's going to be done in under three hours. Mike. Mary. <laughs> uh, and you know what? More power. To yeah. Own. I mean, I mean, and again, NFL games are scheduled for three hours. It's just way more often than not. They go over. I mean, That's XFL exactly. decided we're going to schedule our games the same way, but they, I mean, and, and because, I mean, there's only two games a day. There's two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And, and, and from what I've seen, every game's on a different network. Like, if there's two games yeah. on Saturday, the early game's on one network, the late game's on the other network. They don't want to have to deal with telling another network, another stadium, another crew, hey, pause your game 15 minutes, the early game's still wrapping up. In the NFL, they do that. Yeah, they will not start. They will not start the next network television game on, say, CBS until the prior game is done or or then you flip over and you've missed some of the action. By gosh, in the XFL, they want their game done and moving on to the next game. Yeah.
0: I'll throw this in real quick before we get solid. Uh, I was impressed with the overall production, the announcers. Yes. uh, They did the the player interviews after a score, like in the middle of the game. They go down and talk to the player who just scored a touchdown. I like that. Mm Uh, the, the production value was solid. They let you hear, uh, the, the coaches, there was a lot more people mic'd up and you could hear coaches actually calling in the plays, which was kind of cool. a lot of things in the coverage, I think was innovative and made the game more interesting, especially as kind of a football wonk, uh, the, the you know, that kind of behind the scenes. I like that. So kudos on that too.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, it, it. Yeah. You know, we we talked about the AAF really briefly um, mm. when it when it first came out, and then we're kind of like when it when it died, we were like, "Well, that's over." It ran out of money. Yeah, it ran out of money. <laughs> that's dead. Um, but I don't think that that will be the fate of the XFL. I mean, we we have a really nah. small sample size right now, but I mean, to me, again, the what really stood out was just it just overall the professionalism was there. You know, this yeah. I. If there was anybody out there who watched the original XFL and then did not watch this weekend because they just had already – they've already made up in their right. mind what they were going to see, they really missed out. This is not
0: – Yeah, this is a different animal. Yeah.
1: The first XFL was really trying hard to be some, some identity. It was trying. Yeah, kind
0: of wrestling Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and this yeah. and this was just it was just football. It was just and it was yeah. professional football. Again, this was not, this was not. It didn't feel like it didn't look like the minor leagues. It sounded and felt no. and looked like professional football. I'm, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the New York Guardians are going to beat the New England Patriots no. by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Yeah. You know, we saw some bad quarterback. I mean, there was there was you're playing with the lower level of player. I mean, the guys that are in the NFL because they're the best in the world, but it was, it didn't, like you said, it didn't feel like minor league. It was, it was quality football. Yeah. Well, that's, I think the best way to put it was quality football. Yeah, exactly.
1: So with that said, time to get solemn. It's time for in memoriam where we remember a player, a team, a coach, whoever, whose sporting life was cut tragically short. Mike, who are you remembering this week? I see you looking at the screen there, so I'm going to put it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has to be there. Today, I'm going to remember Eric Weddle. Oh. time pro, pro Bowl mm-hmm. and two-time All-Pro Safety. Uh, he announced his retirement shortly after the end of the season. It, it was uh, his 13th season. Yep. He started in all 16 Rams games this past year. He had 108 tackles. That was his highest tackle total since 2014. Wow. A lot of people didn't expect that. Hmm. They figured he'd play one more year, but he said he'd had enough and uh, he, he his quote was I know I can still play and play at a high level even with the knee. He had a knee injury that he had to battle through this yeah. year. He said, "But thinking about going through a whole season going through the pain, honestly, it made me sick to my stomach. And I realized if my heart's not in it, my mind's not in it, then it's time to go. I always follow my gut." And that's what I'm feeling right now. You know, another, kind of another example of one of these guys that uh, you you have a career and you, you made your money and it's like, I'm not going to beat my body up for this anymore.
1: Yeah. So I, good luck, Eric. Yeah, I understand. Um, you know, my, my in memoriam. I'm, I'm remembering uh, NBA officiating because now with, with the NFL <laughs> over, uh, all the eyes are set to just how terrible the NBA refs are. You know, if anyone's worse than the NFL, it probably is the NBA refs. Um, yeah. so this actually uh this actually comes from the recent Utah Jazz, Portland Trailblazers game that ended up 117-114 Utah Jazz. Uh, Damian Lillard uh, for the Trailblazers w- scored like a bajillion points. That's something like 40 something in the second half to keep the game close. They end up coming up short. And I will let you see in this clip right here, uh they the step back jumper misses. And that's the end of the game. Utah wins. But you will notice shortly after the celebration, Damian Lillard has to be restrained by coaches and Ooh, teammates because he almost attacked officials on the court. Now, I think he said some bad. I think words he too. said some bad words. Now, you're going <laughs> to see here in just a moment why he's saying those bad words. Watch this. Now, what you just saw in that clip, you're, you're going to see the, the replay right here. Damian Lillard, uh, well, that was the end of the game. So Damian, they'll right. show the replay again. Damian Lillard, in just a, a, a possession earlier, drives to the hoop for what would have been a yeah. tie, a tie game. This was to tie the game. Yeah. It's a layup. He lays the ball off the glass. And then the Jazz come in Uh-oh. and slap the ball. Now, now you might have seen similar plays to like that in the past where if I go up for a layup and you come up behind me and slap the ball off the glass as in ball comes off my hand and then you hit ball off backboard, that is a legal block. Mm -hmm. But if I lay up the ball, once the ball touches – if you don't touch the ball – if the ball goes from my hand to the glass – Right. You cannot touch the ball until it clears the backboard and the rim. If the once the, we call that goal, we call that goaltending. So it's not it's not just because a lot of people know goaltending as if the ball's trajectory is heading downward, you can't touch the ball. That's goaltending, and that is true. Right. But mm-hmm. in in the in the NBA rule is if you lay the ball off the glass and you touch that ball again, you have goaltended. Period. End of story. Now two things here, Mike Meharry. Number one. We see the replay. He clearly 100% hit the ball off the glass. That is a yeah, goaltend. There's no question. No question. Mm-hmm. It should have been 116 all at that point in the game. No question. Second of all, of course you know where this is going. The referees call that nothing. They they let they let the play go. Uh Utah ends up getting one out of one out of two on free throws. Utah misses the final three. That's the end of the game. Now, the, the, there's, the two problems here are as follows. Number one, they missed the call. It was a goaltending. Mm-hmm. They don't call the goaltend. And it was quite obvious, frankly. We saw it in the replay. Now, sure. question two. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's a boom-boom play. He just saw the block. He didn't see it go off the glass. Here's the thing, though, Meharry. That's a reviewable play. Ooh. They simply elect not to. They simply maybe it was happy hour. It was happy hour. The the NBA officials simply elect not to review the play. Now, the only reason you could possibly give not to review that play is that you are 100 percent certain it was a legal block. There's no need to look Mm -hmm. at it. You guys let's wrap this contest up. Well, since it was a goaltending, so it cannot possibly have been obviously not goaltending because it, right. it was and two. I mean, in the replay, we clearly see it as goaltending and three, mm-hmm. even in the boom, boom, it's this is a one possession game in the final 10 seconds. How do you not re- yeah. how do you not review it? I don't know why even bother having. I mean, of course, it just brings up all the worms of the referees are rigged. The referees, I mean, at worst, they're bad, or at best, they're bad. At worst, it's rigged. And then why do we bother having reviews? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, here, and here I was starting the show with asking you the NFL was over this year, right? And no, it came back in, <laughs> in the form of NBA because <laughs> NBA because the NFL had this problem this year, too, right? We saw we they saw did, actual absolutely. we actually saw reviews where they still got the call wrong after slowing yeah, it down, and looking times. at it multiple times. Mm-hmm. In this case, the, the NBA, I'm uh, in memoriam for NBA refs, because not only did they get it wrong, they ch- they refused to review it. And uh, you saw Damian Lillard's response.
0: Yeah, that may be the best in memoriam ever. Yeah,
1: um, we don't have any picks. I, I I don't I don't I don't feel like it's time for XFL picks yet.
0: No, and, no, I don't
1: do think. And I'll actually, at. I have a puck to the head. Ooh, shoot the puck to the head.
0: All right, well, it's pretty quick too. I'm I'm actually going to the ranks of of high school coaching because uh, a uh, former coach at Atlantic High School in Port Orange, Florida, he got canned, and he did two things that really you probably shouldn't do if you're a high school coach first off he told his players to quote stop acting black
1: go on
0: yeah that's that's less than ideal (laughs) and oh by the way he was also accused of sexting two 15 year old girls
1: so so that's that's easily two of the top three worst things you can do if you're that (laughs) guy
0: OK, his name was Kendall Bradley. He is no longer the uh, coach. He also lost his teaching license, by the way. And this has been what's kind of weird about this is this has been going on since like 2017. and They're just now getting around to firing him.
1: Well, sounds like he probably works at a public school, but this this isn't uh, that absolutely. show. This is sports ball. So I'm going to be I'm going to be on my right. best behavior. <laughs> um, anyway, Kendall Bradley, you get a puck to the head. Got any final thoughts?
0: Um, I, you know, I did have a final thought, and now I'm not going to be able to remember what it was. It was an interesting little uh, factoid that I ran across. And um,
1: yeah, I'm lame and I can't remember what it was. Well, we're over time. So I guess I don't. Yeah, we're over time. So we're cutting it anyway. I'll I'll give you I'll give you one quick final thought. The reason why we're not doing picks, and the reasons why you don't see me writing any uh, sunken cost money pit articles on the XFL. Did you notice that they were that they were really hyping up uh, betting on XFL games and talking about the over under and everything else? Uh, My Mm -hmm. only response that's fine. I have no qualms with that. My only response is, how could you possibly make an educated bet on week (laughs) one of a league that's never played? How could you (laughs) know anything? It's ridiculous. Just uh, just to yeah. drive that point home, everyone already knew the Dallas Renegades were going to run away with this thing. And they're 0-1 and the only home team that right. lost. So I don't want to hear it. I just, it's it's yeah. so ridiculous to be making picks and betting on a game where you literally have no tape, no film, no trends, <laughs> no, no stats. Right. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But people were doing it. That's the point. That's my final thought. People were. were doing it. Yep. Guys, thank there you so go. much for listening to another episode of Sportsball. Um, we're a proud product of some network or another. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I don't We do we, We're a proud yeah. product of me and Mike. Well, we are. We're I don't know how proud. We're a product. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it is you and yeah. I. So, there you go.
1: Guys, thank you so much and we will see you next week. Love me.
0: You've been listening to Sportsball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. You can follow us on Facebook and leave comments, suggestions. Just go to at Sportsball Podcast. That's at Sportsball Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.